growing in this virtue of encouragement it is really just about um, treasuring the grace of God and, yes. and being convinced that God's grace is always sufficient, um, always more than enough, that his grace is more than our sin, that his grace is sufficient in our weakness, that his throne is a throne of grace, as Hebrews 4 says, and there is grace and mercy to help us in time of need. Because when you're convinced of that, then you you would never meet a person in any situation that would be beyond the scope of God's grace. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Grun, pastoral resident at the Mace Road Church, joined today by Ryan, Chase, and Caleb Dernberger. Uh, my sound... squeaky chair. Okay. If we, if we sound funny today, it's because we are in the middle of the snowpocalypse, apparently. It's not snowing currently, but just decided to do it over Zoom today, this week, just to make sure we got something in rather than trying to brave the snow. but. Uh, this week, we are covering the, uh, what is this, the fourth shaping virtue? I think this is the fourth one we've done. Yeah, the fourth shaping virtue, the one on encouragement. Um, again, this is found in the Sovereign Grace Journal, the October edition on our shaping virtues from Sovereign Grace. Uh, and this was handed out. We have copies of these if you would, uh, if you need one, if you don't have one. Also, there is a PDF that we could probably make available on um, the show notes. Uh, so you have access to this, but this is chapter five. Um, encouragement. This is written by Kyle Huber, who's the lead pastor of Green Tree Church in uh, New Jersey. I love the sub subtitle here of encouragement, celebrating evidences of grace. And that, I think that's helpful because that helps me think of what all these virtues are meant to be are evidences of the grace of God through the gospel in our lives. So that just, you know, we don't want to, again, don't want to put these forward as um, duties to perform. Um, and then by doing them, you earn anything from God, but rather these are fruit. This is fruit that is to be produced because of the gospel working in our lives. So this key one encouragement, I think, I don't know about you guys, but if I had to pick one of these shaping virtues that, I de- that like uh, best characterize Sovereign Grace churches, at least the Sovereign Grace pastors that I've come to know over the years. This might be number one, for, for sure in the top three, but, for, but maybe number one. Um, encouragement just seems to be a marking feature of Sovereign Grace pastors. Um, I noticed that particularly in our time in Louisville, uh, just seeing the pastors at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, also seeing um, all various pastors who came in to teach classes, the way that Jeff would introduce them, the way that Jeff would, um, would interact with them, uh, the way that they would respond to the other pastors, the way they respond to us. There was just a culture of honor, a culture of encouragement, a culture of gratitude towards one, one another. Um, and just, it's inspiring. It, you know, in our world today, it just makes you think this, something's 
odd here. <laughs> People don't usually speak to one another in such affectionate ways. Um, but it's not some false thing. It, there really is depth there. So let's dive in a little bit here. Kyle, uh, he starts his his article here by defining encouragement, but also making a case for it at the front. He says, one of the most unexamined descriptions of God is found in Romans 15, 5, where the one we worship and serve is called the God of endurance and encouragement, which is not the most typical way that we define or reference God. And then he says later on, if God as encourager does not fit how we think about his orientation toward us, we will likely fail to value encouragement as God does. I think that's helpful for me because we want these fruits, these virtues want to be products of the gospel working in us, but they're coming from God and his spirit. So it's a virtue that is true of him and therefore it's to be true of us. So maybe I'll just toss it out to you guys. What do you guys think? What is encouragement? And maybe a better question, why should we cultivate it? That's excellent. I I think like you, that points out to me from Kyle's article here, that's so helpful to point out that God himself is described as the God of encouragement and the God mm-hmm. of endurance. I mean, he is enduring, he is persevering and long suffering. So that, that marks him, but he's also the source of endurance and the source of encouragement for us. So we are the ones in need of endurance. We um, need help along the way when we are weak and weary. Uh, and God is the source of that. So he's the source of our endurance and our encouragement. Um, and as far as why we need encouragement, I love how Kyle sets this up. Um, we need encouragement because we are so often discouraged and we have we face yeah. so many things in our lives from our own weakness and frailty to our own sin and temptation to opposition from the world, assaults and temptations from the enemy. Uh, there are just so many causes for discouragement in our lives. And so just starting there and considering, uh, think about yourself and how often you find yourself discouraged. And then take your eyes off yourse- yourself for a second to consider everybody around you probably feels the same way. And Kyle said somewhere in here about, um, uh, I think page 57, the most fruitful Christian, you know, very likely feels as though their life is poorly used and ineffectual on a regular basis. Yes. That'd be a surprising thought to a lot of people. We go, no, I mean, the people that I admire, the people I look up to, the people who look fruitful and faithful, there's no way they feel discouraged. And when I just consider my own life, I know that's that's true for me. I very mm-hmm. often feel like my life is poorly used and ineffectual on a regular mm-hmm. basis. I feel like that all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I have to think, God, what, could it be that Matt feels like that? Would, does Caleb ever feel like that? Um, it just, I've, never, it, I've never felt that at all. So, um, great. Then you can encourage the rest of us. <laughs> I'm, immu- I'm immune to such things. <laughs> you know, but it, that right there is just so motivating to me to lean in to grow in this virtue of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. What you just said too, Ryan, makes me just think about how often I can be discouraged. And really the reason for that is because I think we place our confidence in things that cannot hold the weight of what we need them to be for us. Really what only God can be for us. But I I, I like thinking of 
a discouraged heart is really equated with someone with low confidence. I when I have low confidence, I am discouraged. When I am discouraged, I have low confidence, which is why it's helpful when Paul says to the church in Corinth, like our sufficiency is from God. Um I just remember mm-hmm. a story recently of a friend who said he was walking with his wife one night. He got a phone call from his boss, really heavy news, pretty much saying things are going to change and I'm putting a lot more responsibility on you. You're going to take even more than you've had before. And uh, just remember, he said, hung up the phone and immediately felt like this huge weight on him. Like, mm-hmm. I am not sufficient for this. I don't feel like I can do this. And um, expressed that to his wife. And she encouraged him by, in this way, she, first of all, she didn't like just pump him up, pump him up. Like, you got this, you can do it. You know, like believe in yourself more, which I think a lot of the worldly encouragement is like that. Um, mm. she pointed him actually outside of himself. Uh is the kind of encouragement that we need, the kind of encouragement that Kyle's pointing us to here, the power, the encouragement that has power to save, really, is encouragement that motivates people to look away from their self mm-hmm. and their situation as their sufficiency and Christ who is. I think that's what Paul's speaking about in that famous Philippians 4.13. You know, I know how to be, I've learned in every situation how to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. Um, I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, as as the church, we should both want to be encouraged. I should want to be encouraged, and I should want to encourage others in such a way that we can be assured all my strength, all my worth, my all is in the all-sufficient one who's bought me and claims me. That's that's the kind of encouragement I think that God is after. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really helpful the way that Kyle kind of makes the distinction between what is encouragement and what's not encouragement. Because yeah. like you said, Caleb, when we are discouraged, what we need most, you know, the, the remedy to discouragement is to receive encouragement. But that what is that thing? You know, he says in on page 57, Christ-centered encouragement is not shelling out shallow coffee mug quotations or positive (laughs) statements that are meant to move the conversation along to safer and more pleasant territory. Isn't that so true, especially of like us Midwesterners? Um, We see somebody who is discouraged and instead of being uncomfortable and, uh, you know, actually being vulnerable and opening up and presenting the good news of the gospel and and applying it to the lives of of our friends, Rather, we just want to move the conversation into something safer. So we talk about the weather, we talk about the Vikings, we talk about whatever else to try and, well, at least, you know, we just move the conversation to safer and more pleasant territory. And now the way that we often transition that is through these, you know, like he calls them coffee mug sayings. Um, And that's just a plaster over it. But earlier he, he defines what true biblical encouragement is. And he says, this this kind of echoes what Caleb said, but true biblical encouragement is lifting up the saints mm. by holding up Christ and his so gospel treasure in order to strengthen them for joyful service to him. There's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, and that's such a helpful definition. And it's like every good definition, it, it gets a lot done very concisely. Um, First of all, it lifting up the saints. So there's that encouragement when we're downcast, 
what we need is to be lifted up, but lifted up requires a direct object to what? Yes. Holding up Christ and his gospel treasure to the end of strengthening. So you're weak, you need strength for, and then this is really critical for joyful service. It, It doesn't just leave people there as if that's it. It moves us towards, um, to love and good works. It moves forward. It actually gets the, you know, discouraged people are stalled out people. Um, yeah. And what what stalled out people need is a jump start to get going again. Um, yeah. And then the alternator can take it from there. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. when the battery's dead, we need it to get jumped so that it can begin to alternate itself. But that requires gospel framework. It requires gospel um, truth. Hmm. Yeah. It is tempting to um, settle for, counterfeit sources of encouragement so in the culture positive self-talk is a is a big um self-care positive thinking and self-care and you know so the advice is we'll find find other people who talk to you in those ways kyle says on page 62 encouragement is not scattering flattery or exaggerated statements on people's lives it's pointing out the truths about christ and his gospel that apply to christians or that you see at work in them. Yeah. So again, uh, it's not just flowery language, which is unhelpful because the reason that doesn't work long-term is at the end of the day, we just know it's not true. Uh, we can try to build ourselves up. You know, if you're discouraged, feeling like your life is unproductive and unfruitful, well, there really might be lack of fruit. And maybe there are areas of weakness and sin and uh, disobedience and whatever. And so if you just try to tell yourself or f- surround yourself with people who are going to tell you, you're awesome, you're great, you're wonderful, uh, y- y- you walk away knowing, but that's not true. Mm. Uh, whereas the gospel of Christ doesn't just flatter us. Mm-hmm. It tells us the truth of our sin, the reality of our need for God. And then it comes to us with these glorious and gracious promises that we don't deserve like god will in spite of our sin never leave us or forsake us he will work all things together for our good and and so that that is encouragement that we can hold on to and when the unbelieving thoughts come to mind the promises of god are designed by god to overcome those things you know if we say yeah but i sinned in this way the gospel has the last word and says yes but the blood of jesus pays for that and the grace of god super abounds where sin has increased grace increases all the more so god's promises have the last word to trump our unbelief and our discouragement without being dishonest or unrealistic about the reality of our shortcomings our failures or or even the hardships in life you know it's not just hey everything's sunny and great so be happy god's word is honest about the challenges that we face in life um and, and speaks these these truths about God and these promises from God to us in the midst of that hardship, which is why we know this, this works. This actually does something in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The temptation is to, the modern temptation is to excise anybody that you deem toxic, anybody that you deem um, is not, like you said, you know, going to tell me exactly what I want. Exactly. Because when, because the feeling we get when somebody tells us, when somebody um, addresses us, and he makes distinction in here between encouragement and rebuke. We don't, one of the, one of the hindrances to uh, encouragement is this need to be the, he calls it the truth teller. Somebody who's just, you know, rebuking people, not encouraging, 
<laughs> in rebuking. And there's a difference. Um, but the, the, the modern temptation is to excise anybody who will address me at all, um, in not ways that, in ways that I don't want them to, or ways that make me feel uncomfortable. And that feeling, um, the modern language is toxic. It's a toxic person, somebody who sucks the life out of me and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so what we do is we just remove them. We, we, you know, cancel them. We remove them on Facebook, remove them on all social media. We don't talk to them ever again. Um, and if you've been on the receiving end, receiving end of that, which I have been, that's a, it's a, it's a hard place to be because when you when you care for people, you want to care for them, right? You want to, you want to tell them, stop doing that. So there's the rebuke, but encourage them towards something else. And, and that's where, you know, that's where Kyle calls us to is, is not just rebuking, but also encouraging, uplifting, turning toward, but that requires putting forth something that's outside of all of us that exists outside of all of us. And that's the objective reality of Christ and his work. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that magnifies the the primary environment for that kind of encouragement too, which is in the church with people that we are uh, doing life with committed to, they know that we love them, that they love me. Um, that's the context where that kind of encouragement can be exercised and received um, because yeah, where the world fails is that it's rooted in empty realities, like we just said, but also when we're seeking to point people in the right direction and maybe we have to, maybe we are saying something hard, like, you know, sometimes the best encouragement is for to tell someone, you know, you can't do that. You can't do it. <laughs> the discouragement right. they're experiencing is from believing that they themselves need to be good enough or like something that they actually really aren't good enough for. And then point them in the direction that is good enough. And really where that can be received is in a covenant community where we know that person's actually for my good though. They're not here to just tear me down and just like throw me under the bus, but they're actually speaking things that I need to hear that breaks through the fog of my, whatever I'm feeling, I'm feeling upset and I want to be upset. And really what I want people to do is to, you know, come into that and make me feel better in my upsetness. But really what we need most, like, I think what Kyle uh, says, so, I mean, I, I just love that definition of encouragement, lifting up Christ to those who belong to Christ. And what's required for that, not, not only is just knowing God's word and, and knowing the bounty in the gospel, but knowing people well enough to know where they need the gospel. I think that's, that's yeah. what magnifies that community, the context by which, yeah. in which we can encourage one another. Yeah. It, it seems to me like at the um, core of, becoming an encouraging person, an encourager, yeah. growing in this virtue of encouragement it is really just about um, treasuring the grace of God and, yes. and being convinced that God's grace is always sufficient, um, always more than enough, that his grace is more than our sin, that his grace is sufficient in our weakness, that his throne is a throne of grace, as Hebrews 4 says, and there is grace and mercy to help us in time of need. Because when you're convinced of that, then you you would never meet a person in any situation that would be beyond the scope of God's grace. And you would always have a fitting word of encouragement for anybody in any situation. Because in the end, it's not about that person or their situation. We're, 
it's about the grace of God and yeah. the sufficiency of his grace. And so when you're pointing out God's grace, it's it's such a shift in our mindset where um, you're reading an article like this is convicting. How often am I more aware of my own sin, more aware of sin in others where I'm, you know, nitpicky, you know, within my own home, my wife and my children? Am I more aware of their faults and flaws and shortcomings? Or am I looking um, eagerly for any hint of God's active grace yeah, in their lives. Um, as Kyle says on page 58, in a very real sense, encouragers are treasure hunters who cry out, there is Christ, I can see him in mm. you. So yeah. I think that's what he means by that subtitle of encouragement is all about celebrating the evidence of God's grace at work in you, which means I have to be looking for that. And if you've been part of Emmaus Road for uh, long enough, you, you've probably heard us use that phrase, evidence of grace. Um, and, and we don't want that to become an empty phrase. We want it right. to always pack all of its meaning that we are looking for evidence that God's grace is doing stuff in each yeah. other and then pointing it out when you see it say something, yes. uh, tell the person you, you see that. And Barbara and I were just having this conversation the other day about our own children, where as a parent, you're just always aware of all the things your child still needs to grow and how, uh, you know, their, their weaknesses and their flaws and still disobedient in this area and, you know, still struggling with their attitude about this thing. And, um, and, and it's so easy to just constantly be nitpicking on those things and, and how crucial to just reflect to our children. I can see God working in you. I've noticed mm -hmm. your progress. I've noticed your change. Otherwise we just take it for granted that, they are growing. They are learning. They are changing. And it's slow, but our change is slow. We're slow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we have not yet arrived at perfection. So just pointing that out in each other's is vital. Yeah. And I, and I do think that it's, you know, that the command in First Thessalonians 5, 11 of, of to encourage one another. That, I mean, it is a command. So this is not a optional thing within our, if you're a Christian, those commands, those imperatives apply to you. And so, there's just a real, like we can't, there's a temptation, I think, of just passing any of these virtues off as just, um, you know, down to temperament, down to just personality traits. Well, that person's a, an encourager. Well, that may be that they've cultivated that virtue deeper and further along than you, but that does not exempt you or me from, from practicing it because it's a command from God to us. Um, I just think of like, you know, there's, there's benefits to like love languages and studies of that of, um, but with all those personality things, there's a temptation to just siphon people off as well. I actually don't, I'm not, the way I give love is not in words of affirmation or encouragement. So you know, I give it, I give encouragement through other ways and that may be true, but I think there's something particular about speaking to one another, encouraging one another with words, um, not just with, you know, acts of service or with, you know, gift giving or, or whatever, but actively speaking the gospel, the, the word to one another um, through encouraging words. Um, right. and, and why is that? Because, well, Christ is the word. He is the spoken word. He, God works through words, not just through, you know, we don't, we don't read a sermon, um, you know, on Sunday mornings, you, you go and hear the word preached through words, not just preach through acts of service or through gift giving, but through spoken words. So there's something, there's something deeper in using our language 
to communicate to one another. And I think that can make, I know for me, that makes me feel uncomfortable because I just, you know, what if I don't know what to say, know what to do? You know, well, God has given us a book <laughs> filled mm-hmm. with means to of grace to give out. Um, yeah. and, and one of the, the ways that Kyle gives um, to cultivate encouragement is to internalize God's word know his word, have the word of Christ dwell in us richly to the point where there's a copiousness, there's a, a fingertip, uh, the, the promises of God, the, the encouragements of God to us are at our fingertips. And we know people in our gospel community well enough to know this is where you particularly need this word. Um, and in, in so doing, we're obeying the command from Paul and First Thessalonians to encourage one another. Um, yeah. it just, I just think there's a temptation for me to rationalize this and just say, well, that's just not my personality. No, right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's not, I'm not exempt from this. Um, and I can't rationalize it through. Well, I do it in other more subtle ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or I thought in my head how uh, I noticed that Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the points of this article that like, oftentimes it's or, the gap between in your mind, you, you think something like, wow, that, that, you, you notice God's grace at work in somebody's life, but if it just stays in your mind and yeah. it never comes out, you, you don't verbalize it, you don't communicate it in in some meaningful way. Um, you, you kind of short circuit what could be God's grace through you to encourage that person who, you, by looking at them, you might not know it, but they might be really discouraged. Mm-hmm. Totally, <laughs> might, might need that. So and and, and encouraging encouragement, particularly has such an effect, not on only the person being encouraged, but on the encourager and those observing, those around you that see this person cares for that person well enough to say something, to to make it public, to, to honor, to to build up, to strengthen, to and then all the, all those witnesses get lifted. It has just has a, a warming effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's one of the uh, one of the practices that I know we here and a lot of others in our context have have done is, um, especially on someone's birthday, taking time to share evidences of God's grace. So you know, you get the whole family together. You got fifteen, twenty people, five people. But after the meal, just taking time to share evidences of God's grace with that person and. Not in a way of saying, man, you're just so great. Just look how, look at you, how far you've come and stuff. But really to identify and, and share, this is what God, this is what we've seen God doing in your life. This is where we once saw you, and this is where God has brought you to. And it, it has that effect that you just said, Matt. Not only is it the encouragement that is powerful and it is is uh, lifts up the person receiving it, but it also has an effect on those around, and it builds a culture uh, it, that's I think that's another. It builds a culture of encouragement that not only are we doing it more, but we're we're looking for it more. We're looking for we're seeking it out, saying where do we see God at work so that we can be that person who's encouraging others. Um, and I'm just mindful personally, like yeah, first and foremost, it's it's a work of the Spirit in me to to get to the point of actually not just holding inside but speaking it. But it's also a habit to cultivate. The more that we do it the more we'll do it <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those who, you know, maybe are thinking, yeah, I've never done that. I can't do that. I'm not that kind of person. Maybe you're recognizing, I mean, 
one of the reasons why I don't do it a lot is fear of man. I'm a proud person. I don't want to look, I don't want to look certain. I don't want to be, I don't want to be humble. Um, well, start somewhere, start in small ways, whether it's to your, your neighbor, your spouse, your child, um, start in private and then, and then let it, let it flow from there so that it becomes a natural part of who you are and there, and ultimately what our church is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can minimize and underestimate the effect that encouragement has on others, um, which is a reason that sometimes we just don't say it out loud because it seems small or or trivial, um, or we assume other people know how we feel toward them. We take it for granted that well, they they know that right. we think highly of them or or respect them or whatever. And and you know, in my experience, people just don't unless you. <laughs> communicate it so that practice of ours of sharing celebrating habits of grace you know i've heard people after receiving being on the receiving end of that say i I just had no idea (laughs) i had no idea other people saw that in me or thought that about me um and so you know we tend to just be like well we we all get along and everybody knows that and so everything's fine but we communicating that is is essential to our life together Yes, totally. I love in First Thessalonians four. It's chapter five, verse um, 11, eleven. Yeah. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up. The context of that immediately before that is the gospel. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. That's the gospel. Yes. And yes. immediately following the gospel, He says, "Therefore, encourage one another and build mm-hmm. one another." Christ died for these people therefore yeah. encourage them and and he also there's a command at the end of chapter four actually um that says therefore encourage one another with these words and that comes right after a whole paragraph where he's talking about death and resurrection um uh, yeah. not grieving as those who have no hope and he lays out here here's truth we would not know apart from god's revelation to us here's what's going to happen to us in the future we're going to be raised from the dead Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So again, we just have right there this pattern in Scripture. How do we encourage each other with these words, with, with the word that God has given us, with the promises and true realities of God's word that we are prone to forget and need to be reminded of? So point each other to those things. That, that's how you grow in this virtue. Yeah, and that and that really is it. Like we have reason to be encouraged. We have reason for encouragement. Um, we need not fear. We need not be dismayed. We need not, you know, why is my soul? Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul trust in the Lord hope in God. So it's in him, the object of our hope and faith that that is secured. So like Paul is making that case in Thessalonians in the coming of the Lord and the, and the redemption of our bodies and souls and, um, and, and the hope, the future oriented faith. Uh, that rests in the finished work of Christ is the reason why we have every, well, we have every reason to be encouraged and not only us, but those around us. So this week, just encourage our people, of the Mace Road Church um, to, to keep your eyes out, to, to go treasure hunting, uh, to look uh, within your families, within um, your homes, within your missional communities and your huddles, and then ultimately just everyone around you and your neighbors, um, where is there evidence of God's grace and where can you, where can I 
be a means of dusting off. I think Kyle says he, he encouragers are people who dust off the, the the dirt and expose the, the gospel treasure that's there within our ourselves. So be encouraged um, and be an encourager this week. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.